And we are back, folks. Another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider. And the evaluation period is underway. <laughs> spring recruiting fever pitch, right? You might think the spring game and spring practice is when recruiting hits a fever pitch. No, it's when coaches hit the road and are able to drop in schools. That's when it really goes to 10. Joining me to talk about that like they do every single week. The best crew in the land. Love my team. Love my guys. They're my friends and colleagues. Talking about Bryce Marich. Bryce, how are you? Doing good. It's nice that the weather's finally starting to warm up as well. So that's nice. All right. And Steve Lorenz, how are you, my friend? Good. Gonna uh, Actually going to go to the driving range, swing the golf clubs outside after we're done today. So uh, to Bryce's point, great. Finally have some good weather out here. Solid 220, huh, Steve? Is that what you're hitting nowadays? Or what are you yeah, hitting? Better believe, it, better believe it, dude. That's a seven iron. <laughs> That's the seven. That's cute. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. But, <laughs> hey, man, if I could just take it, if I could just hit it straight, like I'm going to be at, at a golf event in a couple of months. So I'm going to look the part. I'm going to actually get some golf spikes. I've never owned a pair of golf spikes, but like if I got to be out on a golf course for 18 holes, I'm going to look damn good while I'm out there. So I'm going to get like some Jordan brand golf spikes, and I'm going to get fitted for a driver. I feel like if I just get fitted for a driver, I can actually hit the ball consistently, and I just want to hit it straight. That's my goal for this golf event coming up. So, you know, if you got any golf spike, any Jordan brand golf spike suggestions. I just bought two pair this week, but no Jordans, though. I got the Adidas, and I got the Foot Joy this year. So uh, I'll, I'll, I can keep an eye out, though. I can take a look for you, Sam, if you need a little, uh, you know, Little a little secondary assistance there on that. Yeah, keep an eye out for me for sure. Right. And listen, folks, you keep an eye out for all the news from the evaluation period that's coming up on the MichiganInsider.com. We'll also be uh, connecting with a lot of the players. There are going to be a lot of camp events that we're going to be hitting up. So no better time than the present to check us out over on the MichiganInsider.com. going to be doing lo more long-form video features as well. So get you in for a dollar a month right now over on the michiganinsider.com but that first long form video feature was with Dante Moore made it down to Detroit King we previewed it last week we've since released it uh felt like we got a lot of insight the young man really opened up talked about the criteria that will go into his decision i think gave you what he likes about each school he even talked about how big a Michigan fan his dad is, but how that won't play a major role in his forthcoming decision. And I think there's every reason to believe that to be the case. I do think it can be it can factor favorably for Michigan, but it will not be a deciding factor. I think you get a good feel for why I think that from his dad. I actually, a while back, sat down for a lengthy conversation with his dad planned on running it on the podcast and then we just got detoured we had so many different things to talk about so much was going on with the current class uh, but I've had that interview in the hopper and it still fits so we'll bring that interview in now this is my sit down with the father of five-star quarterback Dante Moore this is his dad Otha so here is OJ Moore on the Michigan Recruiting Insider I just want to start out man with with you giving me a feel for when you could really tell. Because, you know, a parent, a dad especially, can tell when his kid athletically is a bit different from the other guys. So when did you start noticing that with Dante? Uh, two years old, I realized he was going to be a pitcher or quarterback. He um, was playing catch, and he threw a ball at me. And he came and hit me dead center. And it was with such, you know, force. As for a two-year-old to throw, I said, wow, he got an arm on him. He pretty much, uh, since then, always wanted to be quarterback. Like, you know, his older, his older brother with the pass, you know, he, he always hung around older people because he was, was uh, always on his brother's wing. He um, would come running the house and say, you know, Dad, they won't let me play. They won't let me play. And then his brother would say, you know, he wants to play quarterback there. That's why. <laughs> I said, well, let him play, you know. As being a parent, you know, I play with your brother still, you know, so. But he just always wanted to play quarterback, you know. I want to be quarterback. I want to be quarterback. I'm going to be a quarterback. So, so that was after the fact. That was after the fact that he got older. But two years old, I really would do that. He, you know, had an arm on him. I said, wow, he's got an arm on him. And then, you know, being a sportsman, I said, I play football and basketball. I'm not big like that. But I realized, you know, wow, he's athletic. 
So at, at some point, very early on, you said, man, I got to nurture this. I got to cultivate that. And you, right. get them, you get them with Devin. How did you reach that as an idea to sort of nurture him as a quarterback? How did you decide on, hey, man, I could get him with Devin Gardner? Well, um, it goes back to Huff, you know, when he worked out with Huff. Because Huff, you know, he worked out with all athletes and athletes that play college ball, come back and still work out with him. And that atmosphere there kind of nurtured him to be around other people because, you know, um, um, he um, linked in with Devin there. Um, he was working out with – he worked out with several other people in the area, you know, Dooley and all other people. But um, I had to find something for him to, you know, constantly – because he's a workaholic, man. Like, you know, I'm a workaholic as in work. You know, I was a workaholic when I, when I when I played sports, but he was a workaholic like that. But he always wants to work, 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 work. You know what I mean, with me being a single dad, it was hard for me to just kind of keep up with him. So I had to find somebody with him. So that's when he was with a, he was at Huff, and and he was you know he's like he's pretty much open, outspoken. He's not that shy type of kid where he was just pretty much playing catch with Devin one day, and Devin was like, "Wow, this kid's got something." You know what I mean? So you know, I knew Devin from that area instincts at him anyway, and um. So one day I just said, Devin, I said, Devin, man, you should just start training quarterbacks. You know, he kind of thought about it. He's like, yeah, you're right. I said, yeah, Dante will be your first, you know, here you go, man, because, like, I need help. He's seen that, like, you know, because Devin, like, Dante used to always be like, well, where can I go work out? Where can I go work out? You know what I mean? So Devin was like, just took him under his wing from there, and then he started working out with him. And then eventually, you know, DQ followed, and then other people followed. So, mm-hmm. um but yeah, Devin, we just knew that he was, we just knew he had it. You know what I mean? Like Devin, from a perspective of being a quarterback himself already and already been there, I told him, I said, man, you didn't been worked out with George Winfield. You didn't work out with everybody. You just put it together and just make your own system and just, you know, learn as you plus, you know, because Devin is a great person. He's a better coach than he is a player. That's crazy to say because he was a hell of a quarterback in Michigan. We know that. Mm-hmm. But him as a coach, it's like through the roof. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's that. I don't know if I'm talking too much. But no, no, man. Yeah. This is this is great stuff because it's giving us the background, which is what I'm really, really looking for. Because right. listening that's to Devin, hard. listening to Devin, he said, you know, you get him at a young age. I got him at an age where he he knows who I am because he he came to Fan Day to get an autograph from me, so he knows me from that perspective, and he knows me before we start training together, so he knows I care about him. So when right, we right. so when we start training, all right, when I'm on your when I'm on your tail, you know it ain't personal. You know right, it's just right, to get you right. better. Right, exactly. You know, and me I mean me being a tough father as a single father, he had to grow up fast, so he had to mature fast. So that's why he's so mature now, which all equivalent out. Like he won his the first national championship in the little league at nine years old, and he was playing with thirteen year olds. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So he's always that was, that was with the Southfield Falcons. So he's always, I mean, and that was his choice to move up. And I said, hey, man, you playing with 13 years old? You might not play. He said he don't care. He wanted to compete. He loved to compete. He felt like his people around his age was too slow. It's sad to say it like that, but mm-hmm. he just felt like he wanted to just, you know, he was too was too slow for him. He was bored, pretty much. Crazy to say, because that team had, you know, Isaiah Marshall and, and you know things like that, kids like that around them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, but he moved up with um. Jackson Pruitt and um, and um, who else was on that team? Um, uh, Stokes, who plays at Harper Woods, mm-hmm. and that was a hell, that was a hell of a team that just won a national championship. And he let them down the field on a national championship drive. You know what I mean? And, and down in Florida, so that was he with himself. But uh, okay. yeah, he's um he's never been shy of competition. He's never shy of wanting to play. And like I say, he's always hung around older kids. Man, that was his advantage. You know what I mean? So was it? You, you mean you know him better than anyone? Uh, you, you leading a little league team to a championship is big for a young kid, right? right? But right, right. still, I gotta imagine that taking over a program like King as a freshman, I, that you I mean that seems even bigger to me. And I, I wonder, could you see that in him? Was there ever any nervousness? Was there ever any like, oh man, this is this is a huge stage? You ever see that in him at all? No, it's all been wows, man. Like, I've always been, like, even his older brother has always been rushing to get to his, watch his little brother play. Like, you know, like, he would, like, get undressed. Like, oh, we got to go watch Dante play. Like, it's always been a wow when we watched him, man. Like, you know, um, like, I would even, like, push him to the point because, really, tell you the truth, he really never knew how good he was as, as a player. 
I, I try to tell him, like, you know, people try to tell him, like, oh, you're really good. But he just looked at it as just having fun and getting away and doing the game that he loves. So it wasn't like a pet fact of, oh, I'm really good. Oh, I threw five touchdowns. I'm only six years old. Or I'm throwing the ball 35 yards. I'm only five years old. That never really wowed him. But it wowed people around him and wowed me as a parent. But, you know, me, I never put the person like that. Just brag about my son, blah, blah, blah. And say, hey, just I just sat back and just, you know, looked at Because really, I, I was coaching to him. I was coaching him then, back then. But I um, stopped coaching them after um, what you say, what would say C team, mm-hmm. pretty much C team area. I, I told him, I said, you know, if you love this game, I can't be on the sideline with you. You're going to have to take over from here. Mm. There's no, you know, me being on the sideline with you when you're coming off and you got a little stinger or got stunk by a bee or I, I'm not going to be that parent to be on the sideline like baby. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I did that with all my kids. So at that point, he took off. He just, you know, he just loved the game. man. He just loved the game. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yeah. All right. So. He he's blowing up that freshman year. Then recruiting starts blowing up, man. So I, I'm curious was was that ever? Because he's 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 a kid that don't much clearly don't much move him. Be like, hey, you know, it just come with the territory yeah. of being a player, right? right. We'll see. See, because yeah, because back in seventh grade when he was um, in seventh grade, um, um, we went to the Michigan camp. I signed, I told Devin, um, set it a seeking just go to the camp because he wanted to compete. Being around Sam and DQ and all of them, he was just always known to be hanging around older kids. Like I said, you know, those are people that he used to be down in training with and or sound man, sound body with and just tugging at their shorts. And they'd be like, oh, get away down, tell you, like, you know what I mean? Because not your session yet. So therefore, the session for little kids used to be before, excuse me, be after the big kids. Mm-hmm. So he would do two sessions. He would work with the big kids and work with the little kids. That's crazy. You know, that's, and, 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 you know, like even Blackwell will tell you, like, this kid would just hang around all day long and just play. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So it wasn't just, oh, I'm just going to work with the little kids. He'd work with, he would work out with Sam now. Then he would work out, you know, by, with the little kids, you know yeah. what I mean? With um, the Bryces and kids like that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I don't know what question you Yeah, so I, my, I guess my question was, you know, he nothing has really phased him to this point. He wasn't phased. Oh, no. No, no. He wasn't phased with the Little League World uh, Little League Championship. No. He wasn't phased taking over at King when the right. offers start coming through. Did, did that move him? Was did, was he like well, wow when that happened? He, when when Jim Harbaugh offered him, he realized like okay, something's going on here. And I try to tell him, I say, see. You're good. You got talent. You got God bless talent. You know what I mean? And um, he just he just took over from there, man. Like when when that happened, he just said, okay. So he started to work harder, which is crazy to say, <laughs> um, because I'm I'm just trying to see. I don't think there's a kid out here in the country that works harder than him, man. From getting game days to working out at six in the morning, Devin to tell you, man, he's he pushes Devin to say, hey, what's up, and let's work. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you asked Devin that question, but you probably asked me. <laughs> he works his ass off, Sam. Like, yeah. I mean, and, and, and it's paying off, you know what I mean? And, and it's showing, you know? And I told him, you know, that's what comes with hard work. Hard work is undefeated. And he sees that he ran with it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so the recruiting process. What do you want him, what are you telling him to look for in these coaches? What are you telling him to look for in, in these schools? I know he's not deciding tomorrow, but he's starting to put right. together the information. So what are you telling him to look for? Um, with him being as mature as he, as he is, again, I'll say it, he makes his decisions. He knows I sit back and I will make the final decision for him and say, okay, yeah, because he would bring all the paperwork, his proposal to me and be like, hey, dad, this is why I like this school. That's why he chose King, because he brought the proposal, because he, he can go into any school. Like, he can still go play for IMG right now. They begging for him mm-hmm. anywhere. But he just chose, and that's a, I'll get to that later, he chose to put Michigan on the map. He said, I'm not going nowhere. I want to put the D on the map. For quarterbacks, because he knows if he goes to IMG, when he goes to the NFL, they're going to say, oh, from Florida. Or mm-hmm. he goes to college, they're going to say, oh, from Florida. They're not going to say from Michigan, blah, 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 originally. But, you know, he said he wanted to do that. But, yeah, at the same time, he um, um, he makes his own decisions. Like, he, he'll, he'll draw it all up. And he'll come to me and say, hey, Dad, this is what I this is what I, I see. This is what I've done. He'll tell me what lineman is still going to be there. All, you know, he does his own research, and he gets it all going. But he knows that, you know, I just want to make something that's just going to be a great fit for him. Um, and he knows that. And he just, you know, goes from there. Like, he, it's, it's wide open. Distance is not a factor. Um you know, he's just going to figure out what's 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 best for him and run with it. So, right, right, right. So, yeah. look, he he made it very clear that 
you know, Devin going to Michigan is not a factor. You know, that's right. not that's not affecting that he grew up in Michigan, doesn't give Michigan right. any advantage. And then he also said the fact that because I said, man, I heard I heard your pops is a Michigan fan. He said, well, that's he said that won't determine anything. He said that's not right. going to mean that I go to Michigan. But my, you can't call my dad a Michigan fan. He he's he, he's he's more than a Michigan fan. Right, <laughs> he right, said right. it it go beyond calling him, you doing him a disservice to call him a Michigan fan. It's bigger than that with him. So let me ask, let me go directly to the source, man. I mean, what how would you classify yourself? Are you are you just your your common fan, a kind of sort of fan? You a huge fan? What where oh, would you huge, say? I'm a huge diehard fan. Um, huge huge diehard fan. My brother was even with recruited from Michigan. He got me on Michigan back in the day, you know, but um, he um, he uh, he knows I'm a huge Michigan fan. I'm a huge Michigan fan, but I'm a huge Michigan sports fan. I got much. you. I'm a Lions, Tigers, all that to the day I die, you know what I mean? Like, I even got it tatted on me. You know what I mean? Oh, like, he I told even, me He told me about I this tattoo, like... man. <laughs> <laughs> he told me about this tattoo. That's And that's another yeah. reason why I was like, hey, man, we, yeah, we, so we got to get the source talking about the tattoo. So you got to... First, describe the tattoo, and then second, when did you get it, and what was the inspiration for? What made you go get it? Well, I was I went to college in, in Columbus, and at that time there was the Whitson days, and you know, and and all that. You know, we was really just whipping their dads down there, and um, I was just went to I went to, I went to DeVry down there, and I um I just love tattoos, so I said I'm making a Michigan arm. I mean, where I got the lions, I got a tiger's head, and I got all kind of things on my arm. But you know, I just decided, hey, let's get this because I was a big, it was a big rival, it's the biggest rival in the country, I think, still to this mm-hmm. day. But you know, let me tell it. You know, what I mean, but at the same time, you know, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a Michigan fan. But at the same time, I like Spartan basketball. They're not, they're not playing Michigan, or you know what I mean. But if, if Michigan and Michigan State was going to head up against, I would say I would, you know, go definitely go for Juan Howard and the boys. But, um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Michigan fan. But at the same time, that doesn't play at all i'm a, at this point i'm a dante fan oh hey hey man no i'm not even you know I mean? yeah i'm not I'm trying to fan if he if he chose alaska anchorage alaska then i'll become a fan out there you know what I'm oh saying? bro no 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 this this <laughs> this part right here ain't even about dante this is about otha moore you know because right, because right, right. right now what you what, what i'm getting is like if you go to if you go to eddie george's restaurant down there in columbus and he got like these, these you know, you got the urinals, man, and they got the in the urinals. Michigan they, things in there, yeah. they got the Michigan things in the urinals. <laughs> yeah. So you, he, you go to pee, you peeing on Michigan, right? Right, right. So, right, exactly, so when right, when right. Dante told me about the tattoo, I said, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, me being a big Chevy fan, you know, Chevy came with that first, and everybody else followed. You know, pissing on four and all that stuff. Man, I just, I'm a big Chevy man to myself, and I um. I said, I didn't come up with the idea. I mean, that's a good-ass tattoo. You know what I mean? I, I felt like my tattoo is the world's hardest tattoo. He's like, oh. He's like, I don't know if I can put this on your arm being out of Ohio. I was like, yeah, whatever. But, you know, he, he joked about it. But, yeah, I like it. It's a cool tattoo. You know what I mean? But we used to always, you know, be back in the um, – when we lived in Ohio, he used to be a big Ohio State fan. You know what I mean? Him coming up – growing up in Elyria, Ohio, born, born there. You know, you know, the Brian air and all that. You know, let him tell you, you know, he, he's a diehard LeBron fan and – Cleveland Browns, and that's why when DPJ went there, he's like, "Oh, DPJ in Cleveland." I thought he like they loved that, and he's just an Ohio fan. You know what I mean? Right. I got you. I got a lot you. Of family down there, so he was born there. So hey, of course you're going to represent the state you're born. You know? Right. Absolutely. All right. So let's let's fast forward. You sort of you mentioned that Dante is doing his research right now for the decision he'll eventually make. Yeah. For for his timeline, are you encouraging him to wait until? Late in his senior year to to make a decision, is he looking um, to get it out of the well, way earlier to, than that? He wants to um, he wants to enroll early, so he wants to be a January enroller. So um, it'd probably be something like his beginning of senior year or something like that. Okay, yeah, that, that's kind of what I was yeah. getting at. Would he would he wait until his senior year? Would he try to do it earlier yeah. so he could recruit his yeah, class? Yeah, that's why we're trying to get all that traveling out. Exactly, exactly. So he wants to recruit the class, let all the, all the top wide receivers know, hey, I'm going here and. All the top tight ends, all the top tight linemen, because he's he's a he's a he's a hell of a recruiter too. So he's already got you know his little chats with a bunch of people across the country, and you know what I mean. So they're riding the same bandwagon, like you know where are you going to go, where are you going to go. They're all talking, you know. So you know he's but he wants to um, definitely build something 
So, you know, we're looking like maybe beginning the senior year or something like that before the season because I'm pretty sure he wants to finish the last two years with state championships. So mm-hmm. he wants to be real focused on that too. So not gotcha. to keep too much, you know, information. They not, uh, excuse me, not too much, uh, you know, uh, what am I trying to say here? Um, uh, uh, distractions. Distractions. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah, distractions to to stop the King from what they're doing. You know what I mean? Because when we go on these tours and uh, visit these camp colleges, he wants to take his boys with him. Oh, that's he's cool. A, he's a leader, man. Like yeah. there's no separating him from the from the from the tour. It's like my boys are walking with me to see everything I see. You know what I mean? So yeah, you can you see know, you can yeah you can see that leader, in him, man. man. Yeah, you can see that in him. All right, so I am going to ask you a Michigan specific question on our way out here. Just give yeah. me give me your your impressions of Michigan so far. Not a, I'm not talking about the team of them recruit them as recruiting your son. What have been your impressions? Of the coaches as recruiters, new quarterbacks coach Matt Wise, Clink Scale in there, whoever you're dealing with, whoever he's dealing with at Michigan, what kind of impressions have they made on you so far? Oh, it's it's huge, man. Like I say, it's been a blessing, you know, from the from the start of the uh, of the um, offer. Like I was blown away when he when he offered him my damn self. I was like expecting him because you know I, I kind of knew you know he was gonna because the way he performed at the camp that day. You know, kind of like I was like, wow, like he, because every time the competition steps up, he steps up higher. You know what I mean? That's what I had to push him. Like, okay, damn, I got to get him work out with you no know, high school kids, and it's okay. Go to the camp, you know. Blah blah blah. Went to the camp, and man, he was like, he wowed me there. I was like, fuck, here we go again. Wow, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the like the, the year that he went to that camp, the Michigan signed a receiver, and the receiver kept on saying, I want that kid to throw to him. I want that kid to throw to me. So I was like, damn, like. I'm watching this on the side, like, oh my gosh. And sure enough, ropes, he throwing balls on a rope down sideline, go routes. Seven years old, man, throwing the ball 40, 50 yards. I'm like, well, okay, here we go. Wow. You know what I mean? Again. So, but yeah, um, yeah, they're doing they're doing a good job, man. They just they, like I say, it's a blessing for them to, to get this um offer and they're you know, just you know, they're encouraging him and just, you know, he's been there a million times already before the offer, and you know what I mean, because he was going on, you know, on um on a fan day with me up there getting autographs from Devin, you know what I mean? And um, he used to see Devin at Sound Man, Sound Body and harass Devin about how Braxton Miller was better than him. <laughs> Devin to tell you this, you know what I mean? Like he's that, he's that type of kid where he'll walk up to a star and be like, hey, I want to take a picture and take, you know, selfies. And like, he's not, he's not, there was no shy game in him whatsoever. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So, fellas, uh, again, we're going to, be following this recruitment. It's important to cover this one from all angles because Dante is a number one target on the board, right? He's an in-state guy, a five-star quarterback, the highest-ranked quarterback from the state of Michigan since Drew Henson. So we're going to be all over this, even if Notre Dame, we think Notre Dame is currently leading. Uh, but I also think that it's not over and there's a chance that Michigan can make up some ground. I think you'll see that when you watch the interview with Tyrone Spencer, the coach at King. There are some things that Michigan can do to make up some ground. One of the things is, you know, continue to grow that relationship with Matt Weiss. I know Matt uh, was in the school in King earlier this week. I heard he was there for like three hours. There is an opportunity to make up some ground. I think the biggest instrument or element in that will be Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh playing lead on this. And Steve, I, I think you agree. They, they just, nothing any other quarterback, coach, or offensive coordinator can do there's nothing any other one can do that can match what Jim Harbaugh brings to the table and so Michigan has to try to play on that we will see now here's the thing though guys and I want you to comment on this this part of it CJ Carr it's long been my opinion that they won't go to the same school then Steve Wilfong dropped a crystal ball for CJ Carr to Notre Dame and when I say people lost their minds on TMI, Steve, people lost their minds that the grandson of Lloyd Carr might be a Notre Dame lean at this point. Yeah, I stopped working on Easter's after I drove an hour home to find out a recruit's dad was going to star in a play. I don't know if you guys remember that one. The old uh, I don't want I almost don't want to say the Des Fitzpatrick. Oh, big yeah. Annou- big announcement on Easter. Uh, <laughs> had that big announcement. Thought it might have been a commitment. Drove home. His dad's in a play. So ever since then, never work on Easter. I, I, I uh, uh, boycott working on Easter. So I, I did peruse the board, though, after it happened. And yeah, I mean, you know, we, we know. I mean, it's been it's been a rough go on the board the last few weeks as it is, you know, because there's really hasn't been a lot happening. We talk a lot about 
uh, you know, where Michigan's at and the, and the Notre Dame buzz and all that. But uh, yeah, then you're now you're talking about uh, a second five-star quarterback in state. This one with, I mean, could there be a deeper connection to the universe, you know, just, just in name and just uh, uh, connection to the program as a kid like CJ Carr to see him crystal ball to Notre Dame by Steve, who Steve's open about how he uses his crystal ball. It's a pulse of the recruitment, but either way, if any, at, at the very least, then it means that Notre Dame is probably the team to beat there at this very second. I mean, that's the way he's always used it. So whether he signs there or not, it's, it's not so much about that crystal ball as it is. Michigan does have some ground to make up in a race where you really kind of feel like they should never have to make ground up necessarily, especially against a, a bitter rival uh, who is maybe beating you for the 2023 five-star in your backyard too. So um, yeah, you know, I, it, it's hard to, it's hard not to sympathize with, with the fans that, you know, that follow it heavily after when you see that, you know, it's like, we have to try to explain it. It's like, <laughs> it's not that easy because we're like, we're sometimes we're kind of, uh, you know, as mystified as some of the fans are with some of this stuff. So yeah, Michigan, you know, good to see Weiss uh, at King for three hours. You know, I mean, that's what you should be doing with the only, I mean, they've only still have not offered another quarterback in the 23 cycle that I'm aware of. So uh, you'd think that he'd be camping outside of, of King's high school at this point. So uh, yeah, just a fascinating in a negative way, uh turn of events here for Michigan to see like, what, like, you know, my thing is like, where are we going to be in two months? Like, what are things going to look like in a couple months? What can, what can be done from now until let's say like the big, the barbecue or something, right? Like where can Michigan um, kind of get back They're in them, but like, where can they make some legitimate moves between now and maybe their next big recruiting event? So Bryce, I, I, I buy the buzz about, about CJ right now. However, while it, I understand it being a cause for and agree with it being a cause for concern for fans. I do think that panic is misplaced right now as it relates to CJ Carr because he's he's so far he's so far removed from making a decision. I mean it's it's a long way out. He's a 2024 prospect and there's there's no talk no talk right now of reclassifying. So even if he's a Notre Dame lean right now, Bryce, there's more time to make up ground in that one than there is with Dante Moore at this point. Yeah, and you know, when it, like let's say Dante Moore, you look at that recruitment, a lot of the top 2023 quarterbacks have already committed. So you kind of see, you know, the domino effect with quarterbacks, how it works, and he's likely to be next. Whereas CJ Carr in the 2024 class, a lot of the top guys there none of them have committed, you know, and it's because they know they have time. They know they can wait out the process. And so for those Michigan fans that are maybe concerned with CJ Carr, you should be a little because for Notre Dame to be this high up to where they get a crystal ball, it's not the most promising sign, but at the same time, it's not the end of the world yet. You know, Michigan has have, he's been up there more than you can count. You know, he's seen every aspect of Michigan probably better than, Maybe even some players have seen in their lifetime at Michigan. He knows the history. He knows what they offer. But at the same time, too, you got to show him what's the future. What else is now forthcoming? Because that's all the history. That's the past. You got to show him the future and what now you can offer. And a big thing with that would be Matt Wise. Um, and I think that relationship, and he's working on that, can blossom and grow. And the other kind of point, you know, I want to just say is, Let's just say, you know, Dante Moore is not going to Michigan. Worst case scenario, in my opinion, is if he goes elsewhere. He doesn't go to Notre Dame. Because I feel like, and this is just my opinion, I'm going to put out there, this is just my opinion. But if he were to go to Notre Dame, I think it's less likely you see CJ Carr end up at the same school. That's not to say it can't happen. And that's not to say they're afraid of competition, because I know neither of them are. But at the same time, it's just my opinion, I think it's less likely you see both end up at the same school, especially if it's Notre Dame. So that could potentially work for Michigan. But again, that's like Steve said in last week's podcast of Notre Dame 
getting trounced Ohio State, but you have to watch Ohio State win. You know, it's the lesser of two evils. So it's a tough position kind of where they're at right now. But, hey, you know, I mean, look at Dylan Raiola. He's leaning to Ohio State, I've been hearing, and he's a Nebraska legacy, so it could be worse. It yeah. could be worse, you know, so. Yeah, I, I mean, and it's a great segue point that you just made there because – Look, I've known C.J. Carson since he was shorter than me, which is uh, – that means I've known him a long time, right? Because <laughs> it was a long time ago when he was shorter than me. So, uh, you know, his his roots are – I mean, he he's – it's in his blood. Like, literally, in his blood. His whole family is Michigan. His, his, his mom, his dad, both granddads, obviously with – with uh, Lloyd being the former, co- I mean, this is just, I-, I get how fans can look at it and say, how could he even be leaning to another school? Let's, let's set aside, maybe it is too early to start panicking, but how could he even be a lean to another school? His family has made it very clear to him that they are going to support him finding his own way. They do not want him to feel like he has to go to Michigan. And that has been said to me several times. I, I mean, before he was a recruit, I talked to his mom, Tammy, about it. She said, you know, if he becomes a prospect, we, we don't – I mean, we would love for him to go to Michigan, but we will not push that. We will make it clear to him that he can go wherever he wants to go. When CJ got the Michigan offer, he was elated and so excited. But he, in the very next breath, was like, hey, but I want to look at every school. I'm going to be looking at the best opportunity. And he started talking about Michigan State, right? So he is, I think, really legitimately going into this with an open mind. And if there's a school that does a hell of a recruiting job, like Notre Dame's doing, like Michigan State's doing, well, the fact that he has an open mind, they're able to capitalize on that. Now, I agree with you, Bryce. I don't think that he's going to go the same to the same school as Dante Moore. I think right now it might sound good because Notre Dame's doing such a good job recruiting, and I agree with with Steve that maybe he is a Notre Dame lean right now. But I think over time, if if Dante winds up being there, I think there are going to be some other opportunities where the competitive path is is clear and that's not running from competition it's just the 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 brass tacks of it right you to have a five star in front of you i i don't see that happening i don't see him going the same place but for michigan that's not enough to get him to swing your way so weiss you know really hammering home the developmental path like like reese is doing i think it's going to be a big deal and uh, i heard mike hart is going to be have more of an active role in this recruitment. This is one top 247 recruit that Mike Hart, you, you should feel him on this in this recruitment. You should feel the Mike Hart impact on this recruit. So I think that could be a positive here. And then ultimately, I think this is another, Steve, this is another one where Jim Harbaugh, man, I mean, none of these schools have Jim Harbaugh. Like, this is, we, we keep talking about Notre Dame has this and Tommy Reese doing a great job and this school has momentum and this school has buzz. None of them have Jim Harbaugh. And at the end of the day, that is your ace in a hole with a quarterback, especially in state quarterback, especially in state quarterback with Michigan ties, guys. As was in this week's episode of Only at Michigan, right? You know, I mean, that's really kind of what it feels like. Um, yeah, Jim's the, Jim's the face of the program. He's like you said, like you've said before, Sam, he's in every quarterback meeting. Um, we've seen him really take over some other recruitments in the past, not even at the quarterback position, and, and has made a major impact in the direction of those races. So, you know, the thing I kind of can't wrap my head around, is particularly with Dante Moore, is uh, Michigan's literally barely recruiting anybody else at the position in his cycle. Um just would to me, I mean, I'll be honest, would be almost inexcusable if Michigan's getting outworked in this one. If there are other things that Moore likes about some other programs, you know, and that's why he's showing them high interest, I, I that's totally understandable, especially when he's getting, he has all the offers, you know, he's got all these coaches and stuff, but, but there's no reason Michigan should be getting outworked in that recruitment. It yeah, really and, isn't. Yeah, and I, right? I, I guess I, I don't take it, 
I don't take it as being outworked as, as much as it is the connection is different. And if you watch the interview, and I don't want to belabor because it feels like it feels like we talk about Dante Moore every he is that significant in recruit, right? I, I just don't want right. us to be repetitive in in topics here. But if you watch that interview, when he talked about Matt Weiss, he called him a genius. And he raved about his X's and O's acumen. But this was on the heels of talking about Tommy Reese and how we I talked to Tommy Reese about everything. And we 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 talk about movies and this and that. And then he talked about even Michigan State. He was talking about his connection with Jay Johnson, the quarterback coach up there. He said, man, we talk about everything. We talk about bowling. We, you know, all these off-the-field topics. But with Weiss, he was talking about football. So, you know, hearing that, I asked him a point-blank question. So I said, hey, so who are you connecting with on the non-football level at Michigan? You know, open-ended question. He went right to Klinkscale and Bellamy, which is great, but those aren't the guys that are going to be coaching him directly. Those aren't the guys that are going to be calling plays. Those aren't the guys that are going to be, uh, you know, coming up with the offensive game plan, right? Those aren't the guys that are going to be developing him. Those are the guys that, that at the end, when you talk about what's going to make the difference in this recruitment, swinging it back in Michigan's direction, it'll be someone in the offensive brain trust, whether that be Matt Weiss, which, again, we talked about him just being in the school for a few hours earlier this week, or Jim Harbaugh. And the reason why I'm, I'm so adamant about it being Jim is because I've seen Jim do it before. Like, I, I saw him do it with Donovan Edwards. I saw him do it with Will Johnson, right? And he's, the, he's a quarterback. And, you know, any of these guys want to come up and talk about quarterback resumes against Jim freaking Harbaugh? Man, good luck. So if, if they're going to have the best chance of making up ground, I think it's Jim, and it, it's it's not a work thing as much as it is what what's what's your strategy? So it's a strategy thing more than it is a work thing because they're working. I mean, they're all over him, Steve. You know, the coaches are all over. They're all over Dante Moore, but the, the the strategy about how to make up ground, I think that's that's the point where they're they're at now, where they got to pivot and figure out okay, what do we need to do to close what is obviously a gap right now. And the same thing with, with C.J. Carr. You just got a, a longer time to, to be able to figure that out with C.J. because he's farther away from making a decision. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I, it, it's just really got to come to, like, I think, I think we really kind of read with Jim, and I think it's really what it's going to come down to. Um, perhaps with both guys, biggest thing is I'm with you guys. I, I don't think both of them sign with the same school. I think Bryce's point about – if you're a Michigan fan, you don't want to root. You almost want one of them to go to, or Dante to go to Notre Dame so that CJ Carr doesn't follow him there. But again, then you have Michigan State sitting in the wings there too, right? Yeah. That's just unfathomable to think. You know, <laughs> if, if one of these guys went to Notre Dame, the other one went to Michigan State. I mean, it would be coming off a big, big Ten championship and a playoff appearance. Like, seems like. You know, um, just a, a scenario that I don't think we would have envisioned six months ago or, well, no, even in December or January, you know, like not, not a chance. Yeah. So going to be fascinating. Like I said, I'm, my biggest thing is interested to see what a couple more months does here. You know, what, where can Michigan, can they, can they make up ground? You know, can they get, uh, I think well, the other thing you mentioned, Sam, in an episode before, or maybe a mountain on the board is getting him and Jalen Brown up. Yeah. At the same time, right? Yeah. So that's another area where I assume Michigan's going to do what they can uh, to make that a reality. So um, you know, have to go, have to go there, and figure that out too. Yeah, yeah. This is concern. Understand it. We we don't sugarcoat. We shoot you guys the real. Uh, but at the same time, I, I think we try to offer perspective as well. I don't think it's it's panic. T- it's definitely not panic time with CJ. Like you, you got time to work on that. I do think that. Like I said before, if you're gonna feel the Mike Hart effect on any guy, I mean, this is this is the one, right? You want to see Mike Hart in a big time recruitment, you know, a top two four seven recruitment. I mean, CJ Carr is the. <laughs> this is the one, 
right? But it, you know, it's way too soon to give up on Dante Moore, like I've seen a lot of fans doing. If it was over, he'd be committed already, right? Why, why even take the visits, especially when he wants to, he wants to recruit the Jalen Browns and the Carnell Tates of the world, right? He could be doing that right now for Notre Dame, but he is making a conscious effort to play this out longer to make sure he's making the right decision. That gives you an opportunity to make up this ground, to make up this ground. So uh, they got a lot to sell, and I think they have an opportunity uh, to sell it in front of them. We see if, they, if they're able to do that. But let's take a break. We'll come back on the other side because we, we talked about this being the eval period. Offers going out, coaches on the road, seeing different guys, uh, some kind of popping up and really raising our eyebrows. And so we'll get into some of the more noteworthy visits and offers that have taken place here over the last couple of weeks on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. So, fellas, evaluation period, Bryce, this is, like I said at the beginning of the show, this is where rubber really meets the road, where things really intensify. We've seen a lot of offers go out. We know the coaches are dropping by school. So what's sort of standing out to you over the last couple of weeks as far as offers or, or visits or things that you're recruiting buzz you're hearing here uh, early in the evaluation period? Well, I'm going to touch on a couple of things. Uh, the first thing that stood out, and I think the most obvious one, I know Steve wrote an article on this, was Raylan Wilson, the four-star uh, linebacker committed to Michigan. He took a visit for the Northwestern game to Michigan. Uh, I forgot when it was, but I think shortly later, he eventually committed to Michigan over Georgia, and that was a huge win because he's a top 100-level prospect. But that hasn't stopped him from visiting Florida, um, I think Georgia, I think he's looking at a couple other schools he wants to take trips to. So having linebacker coach George Hilo and then new D.C. Jesse Minter go down first thing during the eval process and stop at a school, I think was crucial and important and needed because this is a guy they really need to keep in this class. You know, in terms of momentum going off that Big Ten championship and playoff appearance, these are the type of guys they're going to help you win games against Georgia and help you win games going forward against Ohio State. These are guys you need in that defense that can make a difference. They're going to be drafted. And so this is a huge, important visit they made. And like you said, Sam, on top of that, they've also been, you know, handing out offers as well. I think one of the more noteworthy ones was the offensive tackle down in Austin, Texas. His name's Ian Reed, 6'6", 290, four-star um, guy and he's someone that's flexible he can move around but I think he's going to play at the tackle position Sharon Moore recently offered him this past week he talked about the relationship he had with Sharon and then he joked with me saying hey I actually grew up near Chicago so I have roots towards the Midwest and he said when I got the offer you know my family they were kind of feeling in they kind of weren't because he said my dad's side of the family, they're huge Buckeye fans, love the Buckeyes, but he said my grandma, she went to Michigan. So she was all smiles when she heard I got that Michigan offer. She was excited. And he said himself that going forward, he's going to look to take official visit to Michigan, either in the summer or the fall. Um, and like I said, I know Sharon is working on some top, top offensive linemen this cycle. And so for him to extend this offer, I think that's noteworthy. And that's a guy he must really like. And then the other thing, too, they've been having kids on campus as well throughout all of this. And I think one of the guys we touched on maybe last week, if not, was Jordan Davidson. He's a 2025 running back from modern day out there in California. But just because he's a freshman, soon to be sophomore, he's probably going to be the top running back in the nation for his class. He's got over 20 offers. He's a guy that, you know, has can run the rock. He can bounce it outside, do a lot of things. And he's been to Michigan three times, but he hadn't got the offer. He finally got the offer. He said he was super excited. This is a school he really likes. And he grew up a Big Ten fan. So he, I kind of get that feeling where even though he's on the West Coast, he's very willing to come out here, play this Big Ten style football. And that's real appealing for obviously Michigan fans and the Michigan coaches to hear as well. So those are a couple of things I took away so far from the eval process. So Raylan Wilson, I mean, we get this question a lot, and Steve, chime in on this as well. So 
where do you think that one sits? I mean, we we knew this was going to be this was going to be a contested uh, recruitment, even even when uh, before he started taking visits, right? And now it really feels like it's going to be contested. Fans want to know is Michigan going to be able to hold on to him? So what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, a top 100 out of Tallahassee, Florida, right? I mean, that's never, it's never going to be easy to hold on to a kid, you know, when he's got Georgia still going after him. They're treating him like a top target. Florida, who's recruiting really well early on uh, under Billy Napier, you know, they're making a strong run as well. So, I mean, if you're Michigan, you got to recruit him like he's an uncommitted prospect, right? I mean, that's really how it kind of goes. You, you, This is something, this is a guy when he committed, you know, we, we were – really very upfront right away to say, you know, this is not signed, sealed and delivered like at all. I assume that a player of his ability in that area of the country is, is going to continue to get uh, pursued by some of the country's biggest programs. So, so none of it, nothing really has been that surprising uh, as far as that goes, as far as Michigan's chances to hang on to him. I mean, got to think, I don't, you know, I don't know. It's, it's just it's always going to be tough to say in these types of situations. I mean, he spent a weekend in Athens. I think he spent a couple of days in Gainesville uh, a few weeks ago. I think that that's a one where you talk about wanting to get a guy. He's definitely a kid that you got to get back up uh-huh. at some point, you know, maybe the barbecue, hopefully at before the bar, I mean, hopefully at the barbecue, you, you know, you hope it's not that long until he's back up there. So, um, and you got to hope maybe early signing period, you know, I mean, maybe that's, you know, try to play that angle, but either way. Uh, yeah. I mean, these are never slam dunks and getting the verbal is always great. But it, it, it still is um, never a guarantee, obviously, with, with guys of this caliber. Well, really, have guys of almost any caliber, but still more so with guys that are on the top of, like, like a Georgia's board or a Florida's board. You know, Bryce, the George Hilo factor. I feel like with George, he is, he is a guy that goes overlooked for how – because I don't think people understand how tenacious he is on the recruiting trail. George Hilo is a freaking tenacious recruiter. And that's what you're definitely going to have to be all over this kid, like Steve said, like a like he's an uncommitted guy. And my sense is that that's what George is doing with him right now. Yeah, I mean, that's Michigan's feather in their cap, George Hill. I mean, that's, I think, the biggest one of the biggest reasons why he even committed to Michigan in the first place. When I went down to see Raylan play, it wasn't actually just for him, it was for Micah Pollard, you know, and that's another reason all the efforts he's done in the Jacksonville, just, you know, the panhandle area of Florida, but now he's expanded to the whole state. You're seeing his fingerprints everywhere and making a huge difference. And one of the key things I remember when I talked to Raylan after the game was just how persistent George was in a good way, you know, that attention, that love, the stuff that you're kind of hearing with Dante Moore and a couple of these other kids we're talking about. That's how Raylan was feeling with George, where it's just, it's not just football. You know, it's like, hey, how's your day been going? How's this? You know, and it's easy to talk with him, easy conversation. And on top of that, he gets where he's from. You know, he grew up in Florida. So right, he can talk right. about restaurants that, you know, oh, I remember this restaurant, they got this, or you should go down there, blah, blah, blah. Cause, you know, the movies and that kind of stuff, you can re- relate on another level. And I think that's a huge reason why. You know, he's still committed to Michigan because, again, even though he's taking these visits, Sam, he could easily just decommitted, you know, but he's still holding on to Michigan. I think a big reason why is because of George Hilo. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right. So, Steve, uh, whether it be evaluation visits or or offers, occurrences here over the last couple of weeks in Michigan recruiting that have really caught your eye, what's sort of raised the eyebrows of Steve Lorenz here recently? Uh, today, you know, I think in, you you brought it to the board, Sam. Michigan offered Channing Goodwin, the son of former Michigan lineman Jonathan Goodwin. Um, they made another offer at the school today to another receiver, four-star, 24, his name escapes me. But um, Providence Day Christian in Charlotte <clears throat> is a school I think we're probably going to be hearing a little bit more about. Uh, there's a 2025 kid, David Sanders. I know 2025 is a ways away. Uh, but he's a, this kid's an elite offensive lineman. Michigan was the first school to offer him. I thought he had 20 offers. I guess he only has like 12, but like Georgia, Penn State, a lot of big schools are among those early offers for him. So you have a legacy prospect, you know, a four-star 
legacy prospect there that now holds a Michigan offer and you have two teammates that hold an offer. That's something I noticed right away. Kind of feels like, you know, that private school, high academic deal. Sometimes those kids from those types of programs are the ones that Michigan can really resonate with. So, uh, you know, their efforts in, in Charlotte, you know, North Carolina is another one of those states where, you know, maybe not like, not like Missouri or St. Louis, you know, cause that's the other one that we talk about. Michigan has hit really, really hard. Uh, but a state where you can, I think, make some dent in when North Carolina had a disappointing year last year. And then, uh, yeah, the St. Louis stuff. Uh, I'd say two, three of Michigan's top targets in 23 are from St. Louis and uh, Marvin Burks. And then uh, they just offered Fred Moore out of, Car- out of his teammate, out of Cardinal Ritter. And then uh, even Ryan Wingo, the 2024 five-star wide receiver, I think is going to be a top guy for them in 24. So, you know, Missouri with two major Metro areas in Kansas city and St. Louis are spots, you know, the, with an in-state program that I think Mizzou recruited pretty well last cycle, but I think they have a lot to prove there to, to really bring in some of these elite guys that kind of feels like one of those up for grabs type States that Michigan can maybe make a bigger impact in than you would expect them to. So, you know, I always kind of look for those patterns. You know, I know another area, a lot of people always talk about that they should recruit Virginia a little bit harder. Um, you know, places like that where there might not be a huge in-state pull necessarily, but there's a lot of talent. So yeah, Charlotte, St. Louis, uh, well, Kansas city, you know, with, with Caden green, um, and North Carolina now, you know, with these Charlotte kids that Michigan really likes are, are some spots. Those are the kind of the things I try to look for, uh, when they're out on the road. Yeah. Jordan ship is the other kid at Providence day who Bryce actually saw Providence day last year, right? Bryce, when they played a beautiful school. Yeah. Beautiful school. And they actually won. Yeah. Play, so played good, against Marlon's team. Yeah. Played against Marlon Klein. And, and uh, yeah, Jonathan Goodwin was, I got a, a message from Goody earlier today when, when Channing got the offer, he's like, man, <laughs> my kid just got offered by Michigan. He was just like super excited with you. You know, you, it, it's hard not to get excited for them when their kids, when the players, kids get offered like that so that's a real end for Michigan and to your point Steve uh, you know to have a pipeline into that school because they're loaded like they are loaded and it's you know to go into uh, tobacco road so to speak and you know North Carolina is really on the come up they're doing well and you know uh, Clemson is a major major presence in that area ordinarily it might seem like a, a really difficult proposition to, to pluck a kid out, but if you got an, if you have an in, and Michigan's gonna have a, a real in, like he Jordan Ship is one of Channing Goodwin's really, really good friends on that team. So if you get Channing Goodwin up on a visit, very likely you can get Jordan Ship up on a visit with him. That's the that's the kind of angle that you can work now with this recruitment. So that's a that's a big deal. That's a big deal. And you're I think you're spot on, Steve you know, to try to work these relationship angles as much as possible, especially when there's a former player involved like there is there. Another place that Bryce was last year. Bryce, he was in Charlotte one weekend. He was in Idaho another weekend. From, like, from one side of the country to the other. Bryce, you might be going back to Idaho, man. <laughs> might be going back to Idaho. Because there is another... Big-time prospect. How long had it been, Steve, since Michigan had a guy from Idaho? It had been like a had been like 50 or 60 years, right? Like a, like an actual varsity letterman. <laughs> I think they had a walk-on long snapper like five years ago. Yeah, I remember when we interviewed Colson on signing day, I looked it up, and it's – I mean, there's like – yeah, been like three, three, four guys, and like two of them were in the 1800s. I mean, that's how long ago uh, – yeah, that they've had a, made any kind of impact there. So yeah, so so you go from you go from it being like a fifty year or sixty year gap to Michigan a year after getting Colston Loveland out of Idaho, they're right back in Idaho recruiting a kid that Brandon Huffman tur- I mean turned the world on to. I think he turned me on to the kid just like he did Colston Loveland, but it's a kid named Kenyon Sadiq. Kenyon Sadiq, he's a six two and a half. 210-pound athlete out of Idaho Falls, Idaho. He recently made a jump into the top 247, right? So that's sort of reminiscent of 
of Colston Loveland as well. And he's had an impressive run of offers here of late. I mean, you, you had Oregon jump in and, and I mean, Oregon State, I guess I wouldn't call them big time, but Oregon jumped in there. Utah came in with an offer. Michigan came in with an offer. West Virginia came from across the country and offered. And you, you're starting to see, I think, I think Roy Manning, I heard Roy Manning made the rounds up there. So that means, you know, USC is sniffing around. And Ron Bellamy just made his way. Like, if you're spending an evaluation trip to go see a kid, that's a guy. And Roy Manning going to see him. So they're recruiting him as a linebacker. If, if, if Ron Bellamy's going to see him, they're recruiting him as a receiver. That tells you what kind of athlete we're talking about. Brandon said this kid is 6'2 and a half, 210 pounds, ran a 10, 800 meter, Bryce. And that's what really blew this kid up. So that's why you might be back in Idaho, my friend. I'm going to change my address to Idaho residence at this point. I mean, those people, they're probably going to get used to seeing me. But yeah, I, the kid, the kid from everything in it. The little film I have seen on him, I'll be honest, I don't, I'm not super, super familiar with him yet. Um, but I know definitely Michigan likes him. And like you said, Sam, for them to make that trip all the way out to Idaho when they could see anyone, that speaks volumes. And at the same time, like you said, I think this is a kid that could be looking at Michigan and say, well, wait a minute. They just got a kid from Idaho. And I know when he did get the offer and I talked to him, one of the first people he heard from was Colston Loveland saying, hey, man, I know it might be a little you know, further away, but you need to check out Michigan and everything they have to offer. So that's a nice little plug, a little tie they have there. And at the same time, the measurables, the athleticism, it's almost like he's Idaho's version of Nicholas Harbor, I said. You know, I think he's that much of a freak athlete to where he can do that kind of stuff. You know, I think Michigan sees that in a ground where they found a hidden gem of Colston Loveland Hopefully they could keep him under wraps. That's not happening as much anymore, but <laughs> right. you know, this is a guy that got in earlier than most and let's see what happens. Yeah. You don't write him off. You know, the, the talk is Oregon is a school that he really loved going and they came through with an offer, but you remember when they offered Colston Loveland, Bama came in, right? Bama came in and offered Colston and Michigan was still able to fend off Bama to get him. So uh, I, I just, you got to shoot your shot. You like that they were in kind of early. You like, like you said, Bryce, you got to – there's precedent here for a kid coming from Idaho out there so he can answer any questions the kid might have. Big key here is getting them on campus. I think you you earn – this is one of the things that uh, going out there early really gets you. You earn some some reciprocity. Yes, I mean, they came out to see me. I'm going to go see them. So I, I, I think this kid's going to come. For a visit. question is when. When can you get him on campus for a visit? Uh, did, does it have to wait until uh, the fall? If it waits until the fall, you probably want to get him on campus once. So you know our hard, fast rule, right, guys? If it's an out-of-region guy, you got to get him on campus at least a couple of times. So ideally, you get him on campus sometime here over the course of the spring or the summer, and then you get him back for an official uh, here in the fall. That'll be the, the big measure with uh, – with Kenyon Sadiq. This is like Darius Clemens. That's that's how Michigan is probably looking at him. So we'll see how it goes. I got, I got it, Sam. I'm booking my plane ticket. I understand, okay? You don't have to say more. I get it. I'm going <laughs> to Idaho again. I understand. Well, fellas, uh, that's another one in the books. I want to encourage you folks listening that if you are not on the MichiganInsider.com, Trust me when I say things are really about to ramp up. And not just on the basketball side. I'm mean, not just on the football side, but on the basketball side as well. As uh, Terrence Shannon, a transfer uh, from Texas Tech, Chicago native, you know, 38% three-point shooter, uh, really looking at Michigan. Now, look, don't know yet what the scholarship maneuvering is on the basketball side of things. Can they put, can they put Jace on? Uh, uh, as walk-on status, you know, I am, I have some feelers out for that right now. My understanding of the rule is if a guy signs, if he's a recruited prospect and he signs, that he has to be on scholarship that first year. But after that, uh, I think that it, it, you're, you're free to kind of move him off. Again, that's my understanding. That's not – don't etch that in stone. 
waiting to hear if that's indeed the case. But if it is, uh, that would free you up. May not free you up to get put Jet as a walk-on, but would free you up to put Jace as a walk-on. That frees up some some scholarship room. Or maybe they've heard that whether it's one of the guys that is looking at the draft or uh, they have some inkling that one of the other players is looking to transfer. I don't know the answer to that question yet, but we will be finding out here in the coming hours and days what the scholarship maneuvering looks like that'll make uh, you know that'll make it possible to maybe bring in a transfer and any other thing to really look at and we talk about this all the time right guys how many credits transfer I mean that's uh can you get them in that's another consideration that we are really digging into as well so be on the lookout for that over the michiganinsider.com if you haven't joined up no better time than the present a dollar for the first month get you in so give us a try That'll do it, folks. Until next time on the Michigan Recruiting Insider.